Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. opportunity to gather in your name and, and to gather with our brothers and sisters, but Father, I thank you that you're here with us. You said, said wherever we are that you'll gather there in the midst, and so Father, we're, we're here, and we're here to hear from you and to hear what you have to say, so Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning and, and just get out what you want. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, we're going to jump around a little bit uh, this morning. Like, not get up and jump around. <laughs> I mean, we could if you guys want to. You know, I'm game. You know, but um, in, in the Bible, so. Uh, sometimes it's better to be clear, right? Um, it's cool that we can so, I think too much of the time that we lose context and we're not clear, and a lot of times we're not clear because of context, and that was a good example of context, right? So, so, like, you could really misunderstand me really quick, and then pretty soon you got your jumping around, it looks like the Muppet Show or something. <laughs> but, but when I was really trying to get something here, and so one of my vendors always taught me, he said, when, when, when you take, take the text out of context, all you're left with is a con. <laughs> right? And so it's real important for us to know the context. And so when we're going through the scriptures and we're reading and we're like, well, this is happening here and this is happening here. Well, well, yeah, that verse says this, but what's the context of what it's saying? What is really actually happening at that time and at that place? What are they going through and what's going on in their lives? A lot of us lack, lack context in our life where other people will look at something that we're going through, but they don't have the context or the background in it, and they'll get their this opinion, and their opinion's totally wrong because they don't have the background and the complete context. And so when we're going through the scriptures and we're seeing this character in the Bible, right, and we're saying, oh, man, that's a cool dude, and then all of a sudden he really blows it. You're like, well, how did Kenny blow it? Like Abraham, if all you read is when he gave his wife away twice, <laughs> You're like, he has no shot. You know what I'm saying? So if all you read is when David's killing people and, 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 you know, for another man's wife and doing all of his stuff, all you see is Peter chopping some guy's ear off. Man, you have, if that's all you see in the scriptures, you've lost the context. And then you're going to think, oh, man, those dudes were rotten. And you know what? They kind of were. All of us kind of are without Jesus. But that gives us something that we can, we can actually get a leg to stand on, and that's called hope. And that hope comes through Jesus and the finished work that he paid and, and the redemption and the restoration that he bought for us on the cross. So now we can say, you know something? Yeah, I really stink. I really blew it, but guess what? If God can do that for Abraham, if God can do that for David, if God can do that for Peter, if God can do that for Paul, man, the dude was holding the coats while they were stoning people. And look how much of the New Testament is written by him and how much of an impact on the apostles, or on the grace that that apostle had on our lives. 
And when we see that, we see, you know, God's a great big God, and he'll use us in the midst of all of our stuff. And so one of the things I always tell, like I always tell my kids, I was like, like you know what? When I mess up, I go to God, and I'm like, I blew it. Right? I don't deny it. Because, like, we get this accuser, and his name's Satan. Right? You go to Job, and, like, he was the one who was going to Job, and, or going to God, and he's like accusing God. He's like, have you seen anyone? And he's like, no, there's Job. He's perfect, but everything's perfect for him. Like the little bluebird of everything comes down on top of him, and you see these little birds twirling around his head. He's skipping and singing, and the animals are following him. And, you know, if that wasn't happening to him, and his life wasn't a fairy tale, he would curse you. You know what he's doing? He's not just accusing Job to Job. He's accusing Job to God. And Job says, oh yeah, you think so? I know Job, and I know Job's heart. And watch this. And so everybody would look at Job and think, boy, Job really messed up. He didn't. Right? Now there's some things you can see in there and point out that maybe he, he could, could, could grow a little bit, but he wasn't being attacked because of something he did, he was being attacked because he was in right standing with God and he was being blessed and the enemy didn't like it. So the accuser comes. Well, that same accuser will come to you. And you know what he says? He says, you're rotten. Or you don't look good today. Actually, I've never heard that because I wouldn't believe that. <laughs> right? But you can't say that. To right? Or, or... How are you ever going to get out of this? Or, and then not only will he accuse you, he'll accuse your brothers around you. That sorry, sorry sucker, you know, that he's just rotten to the core. Look what he did and look what he did. And then it's like, you know whose fault it really is? It's God's fault, right? If he wouldn't have created Adam and Eve and put those darn trees in the garden, none of this would ever happen. And so we're mad at God. We're mad at our neighbor. We're mad at ourselves. The only thing we're not mad at is our cat and dog because they love us anyway. You know what I'm talking about? And it's just all that stuff gets stirred up in us and we're like, I don't know which way to go and, and, and I don't know how to, how to respond to all this stuff. But it all comes back to, to one thing. It's who you're going to trust. What are you going to hang your hat on? What are you going to listen to? Are you going to trust what God's Word says in this book? In context, or are you going to trust all those voices that are screaming at you? So like the enemy comes out and he says, man, you really blew it. Man, you didn't have to honk and yell at those people because they were, you know, had a Texas Longhorn bumper sticker on their car. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not perfect. Right? I was like, you know what? I don't deny that. But I do. This. I plead the blood of Jesus. Amen. And I am covered in the blood of Jesus. And he has made me righteous and he's made me holy. And now I can stand up and walk just like I never hung my horn and yelled at him. You know what I'm talking about? And so, and so it gives us a peace and it gives us something to stand on and it gives us a place to go where we can like, you know, otherwise I'd be lost. You know what I mean? If it wasn't for Jesus and his finished work, I'd have no hope at all. If it depends on me, I'm in trouble. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
right? And so I don't want to bank anything. The Bible talks about if we boast in anything, let's boast in the Lord, right? And so that's what I want to boast in. Man, you know how good he is? Do you know how rotten I was and how rotten I still can be sometimes? But he still loved me and he still died for me and he's still working in me to do good and to reach others and to, and to perfect what's inside me. And when I focus, I put my focus on him and I put my focus on that, then I'm not focused on, on my brothers. And I'm not mad at God over that. Right? You can be focused on God and be really angry. I know people who are really angry at God. Right? My sister, I think God healed her on her deathbed. She got up, but there were several years where she was mad at God for healing her because she didn't go to heaven. Go figure that one. Right? And so that focus gets there. She's doing great now, by the way. But it's, it's just kind of strange how things work in our lives like that, where, where we can just get, well, I'm mad at God. It's God's fault. And a lot of times it's our fault. You know something? A lot of times we blame stuff on the devil. You know? And, or blame it on God. Or blame it on our wife or our dog or our cat or someone else. But it's actually us. And so that's where we can take stock and say, Father, I just grow me up in you. I'm going to take responsibility for who I am and what I do, but I'm going to do it in the context of the finished work of the cross. So now I'm not trying to get righteous. I am righteous. So now I live up to this standard. Right? Because that's who I am. Does that make sense? When I learned that, man, that changed my life. Because growing up, man, I thought I had to earn that. And, and I couldn't. I mean, I tried. It, it was like a dog chasing its tail. Right? Never catch it. Right? Maybe a dog chasing its tail that's this big. You ever watch one do that? That's the funnest watching you ever seen, man. Set back, right? But that's like you just go in circles, round and round and round, and you'll never catch it. If you're trying to earn God's grace and trying to earn God's favor and trying to do good enough to be good enough, you will never make it. Let me save you some time. How's that? You are good enough because Jesus made you good enough by his finished work at the cross. Now rest in that. And when you rest in that, it changes your focus and we start stepping and moving and going where he is. And then if you make a mistake, you just get back up and keep going. The Bible says a righteous man falls one time, two times, three, seven times. And then God's done with him. It's like cats have nine lives. You have seven shots, and then it's done. No. A righteous man falls seven times, and then what happens? Gets back up, and he goes forward. When you fall, you get up. One of my friends, he was working on a, on a ranch, and, um, and um, he used to be an alcoholic, and then he got delivered from it, and and set free and he's out there working and one day he's just having a really bad day and all the cowboys are like you know something we're going to the bar and he goes i can't go to the bar he's like i can't he's like well it won't hurt and then he gets in there and just one drink so he takes one drink and pretty soon he he's like like drunk on his feet you know barely 
doesn't hardly remember thing. He gets up the next morning and he's like, oh, what happened? What happened? I don't understand what happened because everything was going the way I wanted it to do and all of a sudden I'm down and this or that. And so he, would, he felt so guilty. So he's like, you know something? I've learned one thing. I know that I'm going to go to my daddy. So he went and he prayed. And as he was praying, God told him, he's like, if you're going to fall, fall forward. You know what he's talking about? When you fall, you fall and then you get back up. Do you hear what I'm talking about? Now, I'm not telling you to go rob a bank. <laughs> right? Okay, don't go shoot your neighbor, right? That would be really bad to be all over the news, right? I'm not saying that, okay? Well, I'm saying there's times, it don't even have to be that. The enemy will beat you up over little bitty things. Maybe it'll be something that you did 10, 10 years ago. Maybe it's something you did when you're in grade school. It's okay, he forgives you, and so does the girl who you were pulling her a ponytail. She probably don't even remember your name. Let it go. Let it go. Release that to God and let God do the work inside you and watch what He will do. Amen? Whew, that was just opening. <laughs> Aren't you glad we got three more hours of this? <laughs> But I think in all my life, like I'm, uh, I was on, out on the cult starting challenge tour, I was like, you see people and like they're afraid of God because they're, they're not afraid of God. They're afraid of all these weights that religion wants to put on them. And if they sit, people who don't know Jesus smell that, they're off. If I smell that, I'm out of there. You know why? Because it doesn't bring anything but death. It doesn't bring anything but hurt and chaos. But Jesus come to redeem us completely and totally so that we can walk in that freedom. And I'm passionate about that. Because without that, I'd have no shot. Amen? <clears throat> I think Paul was pretty explicit about that too. He's like, man, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do do. He's like, who's going to save me, right? And then he brings it back to hope, right? It's because of God's grace. Where sin abounds, grace superabounds. That I'm, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. So, so we can step into that. So I, I want, everywhere I go, I want people to know that you're free. Jesus paid the price. Maybe you ain't cashed the check yet, but you can cash that check by just saying, you know something? I'll write it with my name in the bank, in the blank as the payment. I'll trade my stuff for your life and I'll entrust it with you. Maybe you're already trusting. Maybe you've gotten knocked down a little bit. Like, I don't know if there's any hope. It's simple, all you gotta do is say, Father, I just, I give you back what's already yours. Amen? So that goes back to, uh, um, <clears throat> I'm in Acts chapter three. And we are going to jump around in the Bible, huh? Literally. <laughs> I'm going to read this. Oh, I've been kind of everywhere lately. And uh, I got the privilege to go to Alpharetta, Georgia. 
but as a person, when you look at this, you can say, you know something? I can take something from this, and I can do great things for God with this if I'll just put my trust in Him. And, and there's like three legs to this stool that you can kind of kind of stand on. And he talk, they talked about three things. They talked about restoration. They talked about multiplication. And then they talked about brotherhood. Now, some of you fine ladies out here are saying, brother, I'm not a guy, you know? Well, I like to put it like this, familyhood, right? Because the family's super important, right? God, God didn't start a church first, right? He created Adam, and then he took the bone, Adam's ribs, and what did he do? He created a, uh, his wife, right? My wife reminds me of that all the time, right? Now, it's a good arguing point for you ladies. Like, if they, said, they say, why, why are you doing this? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You're made of dirt. <laughs> right? And so, you're welcome, ladies. <laughs> right? That's what makes our wives and women so valuable, is they're, they're not made out of the same stuff we are. That's why they're different. Thank God they're different. Amen? <coughs> they, they, they have a substance and a strength to them, an inner strength to them that, that, that a lot of guys, we're, we're just like, like our, we're like dogs. You know what I mean? And gals are like cats, right? I think my wife is a lot like like the cat, right? Because like one day I'll be up and I'm like, hi, honey. <laughs> and I'm like, what did I do? And then she'll come back two minutes later and, oh, right. <laughs> what in the world just happened? I figured this out, right? And so and then they train you, right? My cat had me trained. I thought I trained my cat. No. She told me when she wanted the litter box clean, right? She would sit in that thing and she would meow, meow, meow. I'm like, I'll get it in five minutes. It does not work. Your cat does not speak English, right? Right? So it wasn't five minutes, right? I didn't even wait five minutes. I was like, oh, my poor baby. I'll go do it. And I get it, right? Pretty soon that cat figured out she had me trained. I think my wife's done the same thing, <laughs> right? Just super smart, and so and I'm thankful she trained me because I'm a dog, right? Then we have the dog like, come here, Rover. Yeah. I'm coming to you. Ah, yeah, do one, <laughs> right? But then you point us at like we're a border collie. You point us at a sheep. We're gonna focus and we're gonna go get it done. You know what I'm saying? So we do have good science too. Right? Which I think is good too, because we're just like, yeah. Maybe not all you guys. Let's put this in context. Me. And they're like, no, I'm more like a cat. Right? Or I'm like a Rottweiler. I heard that Rottweilers aren't all that bad anyway. Right? Anyway, where in the world am I going with this? I'm talking about Jesus and I'm talking about cats and dogs, right? I know where I'm going, right? So, so, uh, 
So there's an importance in family. You guys hear what I'm talking about? The, the family's important. And so, so like in our family, we always have like, like we have um, set, um, what do you call it? Uh, that word. I know the word and I can't think of it. Where priorities, right? Who, who list on a priority list. Number one is God. Without him, number two is my spouse. Number three is my kids, right? And then, like, church, work, some of that stuff comes down here. Why? Because that's who my relationships are about. Amen. Now, church is important, right? But we need to have that set. And because God set that from the foundations of the earth, right? And so, so I hope people don't think I'm saying church isn't important. I'm just saying we have a, a priority list that, that we follow. And it's God's divine order. And church is important. And that's includes in the familyhood that God created. Because we need brothers and sisters. Because with without each other, you know, we're stuck. The Bible says one can chase a thousand, but two can chase ten thousand. God's not good at math. <laughs> I mean, really? He would have flunked my math teacher. Right? What happens? There's something. How precious and good is it when brothers come together and they dwell in unity because God works in that and, and he moves in that and, and, he can, and he can just reach more in that because there's a unity to it, right? When I was in high school, we played football. I'll get to my scripture, sorry. <laughs> uh, and we'd run out and then play this song, Bad to the Bone. They'd hear the da 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 da. And they'd start playing that, and we were like, We're bad. We're bad. And so then they'd make this tunnel with all the, the cheerleaders and all the kids from the school, and they had this big old um, paper, is what it was. They said on the backside how bad we were, right? And so we're like, we're going to run through this paper. And then we'd run and we'd bust that paper and some of the paper would fling out. And then we'd grab the paper and we'd like, tear it. What do you think? We're bad. We just ran through some paper. <laughs> right? Look at us. Now let's go hit someone. And then we look over and some guy's 6'6 six, six and 300 pounds and it don't work out like that. <laughs> right? But for a moment, we thought we were bad. Right? But you have that big guy staring in the face and you have three or four guys your size. Guess what? That dude's going down. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Why? Because there's strength in numbers. There's strength in unity. And, and God can work in that. And so that's why, that's why the enemy tries so hard to divide people. And to divide everybody. Is because he knows that if he can keep us fighting each other, he's got us preoccupied fighting who we don't need to be fighting. Amen? Amen. So, now I'll get to the scripture. Acts chapter 3, verse 11. While the beggar held on to Peter and John. Now, what, let me set the context up. I'm talking about context and text and stuff. So, Peter's at Solomon's colonnade, and this, blind, and this beggar's like been lame from birth. And he's like, Can you give me some money? And he's like, Silver and gold, I don't have. What I have, I give you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And he reaches down 
and he picks him up. And you know, you would think that would cause a party. Can you imagine going down to the grocery store and there's a man out front and he's begging for money and you pray for him and you pick him up and you say, be healed and watch Jesus healing right there. I guarantee you someone would be upset about it. You know, somebody would be mad because maybe it wasn't the right day. Or maybe you blocked their cart from getting out because everyone's jumping around so happy. Who, who knows? But here's Peter. He, he's reaching down, and God's healing this man, and he's changing his life, and, and he's walking, and he's jumping, and he's praising God. That's what, what anybody would do when they're down. When you're down, and God lifts you up, you can't help but praise him. You can't help but have, an, have, have the, uh, another attitude about it. I'm a diehard Oklahoma Sooner fan. And God lets them win sometimes, just so I can have a sermon. <laughs> right? So, so we were moving some stuff. We we moved into a different into a house, and so I was like wanting to watch the game, but I was like, no, I got a bad feeling about this game. I'm just gonna DVR it, and I'm gonna watch the score. So my dad calls me at halftime. Like I'm a diehard Oklahoma Sooner fan. Actually, to be honest, my grandpa, my dad, are Oklahoma Sooner fans. They're also preachers. It's just like a notch down from that. <laughs> right? It's like a family heritage. And so the first time I ever seen my grandpa and dad cry was when I seen Texas beat Oklahoma when I was a little kid. Right? From then on, I was like, you know something, this must be really important. <laughs> right? And I've been, been stuck. Anyway, so my dad calls me and it's halftime. He's like, Dad. I was like, what are you calling me in the game? Yeah, I'm watching it. I was like, oh man, is it that bad? He goes, yeah, it's 31 10. At half. And I was like, oh, that's pretty bad. I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to watch it either. Right? That's another story. A lot of people want to watch you when everything's going good. But who's with you when things are going? You know what I'm talking about? So that tells, tells a lot about how we are with our fans. Pray for us. Right? Sometimes people are standoff though because they care so much and they don't know how to help you too. Right? So let's throw some context into there and that's how I am with my sinners, right? So my dad told me, they're down. There's no hope. They're, they're going to lose. I'm like, well, their defense is horrible. So this is like over, right? Well, guess what? Not only... They come back, but they come back and they win the game. Baylor didn't even score one point in the second half. It was like God did the sooner and showed the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> right? But what's cool about that is because that's what really restoration is about, right? It's about restoring what originally belonged to God. You guys hear what I'm talking about? And the Oklahoma Sooners winning belongs to God. <laughs> right? But they were down. They were out. It didn't look like they had any hope. Everybody was talking about them like they were already dead. But you know something? They weren't. Do you know what happened? Is they got together as brothers and they stuck together and they said, you know what? We're, we're, go we're going to win this game and we're going to fight through it. And Maybe we won't win, but whether we win or not, we're not going to go down 
without a fight. And they won. Amen? <laughs> so that's what we can do as believers. Right? As brothers and sisters and as family members in the body of Christ, as we can say, you know something? I'm with you. You may be down and out, and you may feel like you're all alone, but one day God's going to send somebody, and maybe God will use you to reach down and say, silver and gold have I none. What I do? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And maybe it's not physical. Maybe it is. Maybe it's mental. Maybe it's spiritual. God wants to get in that situation. Amen. Right? There's a restoration that God wants to do in our lives. And when he restores us, he's, he's not... It, like that word restoration means to return back to its original state. Do you know what your original state is? I thought you were from Kansas. <laughs> oh, dirt. That's good. Yeah, I'm dirt. Yeah. That's really good. I thought someone was going to throw out the original state, but that, that was good. Yeah, no, original state, it was dirt, but I mean original created state, right? With how God created us, right? And so God, God wants to, before the curse, before all that, Jesus became a curse for us so that we can not be cursed, right? Is that plain enough? So, so that's what restoration is. God's buying God's got a solution, is what that's saying. Okay, God's got a solution for everything in your life, for your marriage, for for your family, for your job, for your finances, for your relationship with Him, and that solution can all be found right here in, in this Bible, right? Okay, well, let me. I got through the context, I, man. Sweet Jesus, help me. There, there's so much richness in this, and I, I keep telling you about the servers. <laughs> While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to him in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why, why do you stare as if... By our own power or godliness, we have made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. Peter was kind of a kind preacher, wasn't he? <laughs> By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and 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 know and and know was made strong. It is G, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you all can see. It's through what? It was through what that man did? It was through what that man believed? No. It was only through Jesus, right? I like that because it says, says he has given this complete healing to him. Right? In peace, that completeness would be shalom. You know what shalom means? It means nothing missing and nothing broken. Amen? So I'll try to sound like a preacher and get through this. 
Okay? Nothing missing, nothing broken. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Now watch this. Repent. Do you know what repent means? It means you grab a bunch of ashes and some gunny sacks and you throw it on and you rip it and throw them all on your head. I'm such a rotten person. No. You know what repent just means? Literally, repent means like re and then pent. Pent comes from that word like where you get penthouse. It means return to the top. Also means you're going this way and then you turn around. You just turn around. He's like, turn around. Like, you've got your back to me, but I'm kind of everywhere, so like I didn't figure that out. How can I turn around to face him when he's everywhere? Right? I guess it's just he tried to talk in the human vernacular. No, I don't want to confuse you anymore. I'm sorry I threw that at you. That's just the way my mind works sometimes. Right? So, so right, it's like, repent. I'm going this way. I'm on the wrong path. All I got to do is turn around. I turn around, and then I don't focus on, on, on my sin no more. I focus on Him. Amen. I give that to Him, right? And He changes my life. He takes that. He takes that. Maybe, maybe it's just you're, you're like, man, you didn't do that like I wanted you to do that, God. You hear what I'm talking about? But we got to come to a place where like, you know what? I'm going to trust you, Father. No matter what's coming my way, no matter what's going on, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to let you bring restoration into my life. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. The Bible says, Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden that I will give you rest. I have three things and I've kind of touched on two. There's one more that I'm not going to have time for. It's real important, but I feel real strong about this. He's like, come to me. Don't, don't, don't try to do everything on your own. Don't, don't try to work it out. I'm here. You want to talk about brotherhood? We have no better brother than Jesus because he gave his life for you. You don't have to stay stuck no more. He come. It's, it's for freedom that he set us free. And it says this, And that he may send the Christ whom has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. There's that word restore. David said in Psalm 51, he said, Restore unto me the joy of of my salvation. Do you know how we get that joy back? It's when we put our focus back on Jesus and what he done. Amen? Amen. Sometimes we don't, we don't like what's going on. I was kind of mad at God a couple weeks ago because my cat got sick and she got flattered. Flattered him. And so I had to take her and have her put it down. It was one of the hardest decisions 
I ever made in my life. So I'm mad and I'm driving to the vet and Linda's gonna meet, my wife Linda's gonna meet me there. And like the electricity's out, I'm going to Camino Island because that's where our vet is in, in Stanwood, which it always goes out. Anyway, <laughs> so like the stoplight, so it's backed up. So I'm like, that's okay, I'm gonna go to the back roads. So I go to the back roads. I'm like, 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 Father, you just gotta let me know I'm doing the right thing. Like I was like broken hearted. And so I drive up to the stop sign and then the car in front of me pulls up and starts driving. Well, it's wide open in front of this car. Well, they're driving like 10 miles an hour. <laughs> and all I could think of was, do I treat them like a Texas Longhorn fan? <laughs> I didn't because I looked and on there was a rainbow. And it was a Hawaii license plate. You know, they talk about your animals going across the rainbow bridge. So God is like, it's okay. You're restoring her. Because she's getting the ultimate restoration. So I walked into the vet's office and carried her in. She laid her head on my hand as she went to sleep. And it made me think. God, Job said, Though you slay me, yet will I trust you. I thought, what more trust can someone have in you that they'll just lay there and love on you? If I can just trust God like that, my whole life would be so well. You can learn so much that cat taught me so much. Some of you may be going through some hard things. Maybe it didn't go the way you wanted it to. And you're upset and you're like, God, I don't know how this is ever going to work out. And it hurts so bad. And I'm going to tell you something. God says, do you trust me? There's three Hebrew boys and they're getting ready to throw them in the fire. In fact, it was so hot that their jailers were burned up. And do you know what? Do you know what they said? Said, you know what? God can deliver us and he may deliver us, but if he don't, guess what? We're not bowing our knee. And as us as believers can get that kind of trust, and it only comes through relationship, then there's nothing in this world that can stop us. Amen. Amen. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for all your gifts you give to us. I just ask that you touch us and, and all of us and touch them right where they are and show them how much you love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.